to episode 62 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, the 49ers remain undefeated after Jimmy Garoppolo and company took care of business against the Cardinals on Thursday night football. And then we're going to look ahead to some of the weekend's biggest games. Can Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens hand the Patriots their first loss of the year? And then Odell Beckham Jr., he backs up Baker. Should he have done that? And then NBA topics, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid got a little brouhaha, and they got two games for it. Was that a long enough suspension? And then Kyle Kuzma, he makes his return for the Lakers tonight. All that and much more here on episode 62 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then after the show, head over to YouTube and watch all the clips from today's episode right over on YouTube and give me all your takes on today's topics right down below in the comments section. But we've got lots to get into. Jam-packed Friday show for you guys. So let's get right into it. Are you ready? And the San Francisco 49ers continue their undefeated season, improving to 8-0 after beating the Cardinals last night, 28-25. And it was all thanks to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Jesus delivered last night. And really the only lingering question with this Niners team, we know they have an elite running game. We know they have an elite defense. But can they get it done through the air? And Jimmy Garoppolo answered emphatically last night, yes. 317 yards passing on a season-high 37 attempts and four touchdowns. He's now 16-2 as a starter. He's got the Niners rolling, and here's his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, talking about his quarterback's performance right after the game. Yeah, he played great today. Um, he made a lot of plays in rhythm and made a lot of off-schedule plays. Uh, they got a great pass rush. They had some real tight coverages. They mixed up a lot of stuff, but um, I thought Jimmy played a hell of a game and um, his best game yet, probably. And I agree with Kyle Shanahan. That was his best game as a 49er, and it was all about third down. Call him Jimmy G's because he was money on third down, 12 for 18. My favorite play, when he hit George Kittle on that third and three, he stiff-arms Buda Baker into the turn for another touchdown. He hits Emmanuel Sanders to ice it late in the game. And Jimmy Garoppolo has number one in the NFL for completion percentage on third down. This is what he does. And yesterday was Halloween. I think Jimmy Garoppolo came dressed up as Joe Montana or Steve Young because it's clear right now that Jimmy Garoppolo is the next great San Francisco 49er quarterback. And he was in a great mood after the game talking to Aaron Andrews. All I'm going to say is shooters shoot. Kyle Shanahan telling us this week, each week you're getting better and better. What was clicking tonight for you? You know, I think uh, like like you said, the receivers, I mean, those guys just, their body language, how they are at the top of routes, they beat guys and I mean, it makes it easy for me. So when you got skill position guys like that that are just winning on routes, it, it's awesome. And a couple of huge third downs for you and, and one of those guys helping you out, Emmanuel Sanders, who you told us this week, came along quicker than you thought. What about tonight? Yeah, he, uh, you know, he picks it up quick. He's a vet and he's a pro, you know, so he just uh, uh, I don't know. It's awesome having a guy like that. And then you got credit the guys up front to give us time to be able to throw those types of routes. So it's it's a big team effort. Eight no. How does that feel? Feels great, baby. Uh, <laughs> Happy, Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween right back at you. Thanks so much. Definitely. No problem. It feels great, baby. Feels great, Must baby. feel great to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Undefeated 49ers. 
All the chicks dig Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, those eyes don't lie. There were sparks between Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Andrews, I'm telling you. But the more important thing last night was that the 49ers proved that they don't have to just rely on their running game and their defense. They can win it through the air. And Jimmy Garoppolo and Emmanuel Sanders clearly have some chemistry. Last night, Sanders caught seven of his nine targets for 112 yards. And hey, look, as soon as the Niners brought in a competent receiver, he starts to look like that elite quarterback that we all knew he was. So I still really like this 49er team as long as they avoid injuries. George Kittle, he went out last night. Quan Alexander is dealing with a chest injury. They still haven't had Joe Staley back. So this 49er team, I don't think has peaked yet, despite that the fact that they're 8-0. So I really like this Niner team. Right now, I have the San Francisco 49ers against the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. But here's George Kittle. This guy's got personality. He had a great night last night 79 yards six catches here's him after the game that's pretty cool what do you have to say to this crowd out here your fans let's go and we're just we're doing the same thing we always do we couldn't rely on the run the entire game jimmy made a bunch of big plays we had a lot of young receivers step up and i, I mean hey i want my guy ross dwelly making that third down to win the game hey, that's my guy so uh, just the fact that we had guys step up when they needed to step up, make those, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. It was incredible football. So now the San Francisco 49ers, they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. The only thing that was keeping them from that was the pass yards per game. Right now, they're 21st in the NFL. They're averaging 219.1 pass yards per game. But every other category, they're in the top five in the NFL. Points per game, 29.4. That ranks them third. Opponents' points per game, they're giving up 12.8 points per game. That's second in the NFL to only the New England Patriots. And then rush yards per game, they're averaging 171.1, which is second in the NFL. So they get this passing game humming. This offense can be prolific, explosive, and get them to a point where they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I want to see how they play against the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, and then week 14, I have my eyes on that matchup with the New Orleans Saints. I still have the Saints right above them right now, but it's so close. It is razor thin between the Saints and the 49ers. I still have the Packers as the number one team in the NFC, but right now, San Francisco has officially became a Super Bowl contender. And our next story, of course, is about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, it seems like the only time we talk about them is during the week when there's no games playing. Well, Odell Beckham Jr., he stepped up yesterday in defense of his quarterback. He had Baker's back in the media when everyone was slamming Baker Mayfield. He got into that huff with the media. He stormed out on the reporter. Well, listen to Odell Beckham Jr. defend his quarterback after practice. I know he gets a lot of heat uh, just for the person that he is. I know we sit here and, you know, I just wanted to say, like, we're all human. You know what I mean? We all have emotions. Everyone wants to, you know, we nobody likes feel like you're being poked at and proud of that, and especially not a guy like that. And um, like I said, as I came here, I've been through that journey already. I've been through this fire. So that's a part of me that is also able to help him um, in a way. You know, this is a kid who cares about football. He cares about winning. He's not some whatever people make him out to be. 
be just because of his personality. You know, it's like, can't really say anything. If, if he was winning and he was still doing it, you know, we would all be here laughing and loving him. But because we're losing, we want to, it's like we want to, like, kind of poke at him a little bit, you know. And I'm going to be the first one here to defend him every single time. Um, I always got his back. I know what it's like. I've been there. And the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was Terrell Owens, T.O., when he came to Tony Romo's defense after the playoff game. I know you guys remember this. You, you can talk about the vacation, and if you do that, it's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. And Odell Beckham Jr., I want to applaud you. I applaud you for stepping up and defending your teammate. You're doing something for Baker Mayfield that Eli Manning never did for you. You're standing up for him. You're defending him when times are tough because, hey, if Eli Manning had done the same for you, you might still be in New York. But, hey, that's neither here and you're not there. But this is about Baker Mayfield. It's not about Odell Beckham Jr. It's nice that he did that. I'm sure it's great for the locker room. But what Baker Mayfield needs to understand and Odell Odell Beckham Jr., what you should tell him is that, hey, you can't be frustrated about losing and take it out on the media. Everyone is frustrated to watch him lose. Your supporters are not your enemy, Baker Mayfield, and Odell Beckham Jr. knows that better than anyone, and if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I don't go out in the media and get his back. What I do, I go to my quarterback, and I said, hey, we're going to play the Broncos. They're starting a third-year quarterback. We can get back on track. No one needs to do any talking anymore. It's getting a little hot in Freddie's kitchen and no one should be doing any talking no more headlines in the media I know it was positive but hey it continues the narrative it continues the story with Baker Mayfield now Odell Beckham Jr I understand the move I understand your intentions but it was the wrong move you don't need to step up in the public and defend your quarterback because hey all this does now is it keeps this story alive the Cleveland Browns are making too many headlines outside of the lines they need to get some wins they need to do it on the field and they can do just that so you did need to do it and as far as Cleveland goes I don't want to hear anything from any of the players any of the coaches it's all about wins and losses at this point you did need to do it Odell Beckham Jr. and hey that's coming from an OBJ stand I love me some OBJ but you did need to do it breaking news here on the Get More Sports podcast. It was just announced that Steph Curry is going to miss at least three months after undergoing successful surgery on his broken left hand. He sustained the injury a couple nights ago and the Warriors blowout loss to the Phoenix Suns and now the Warriors, already down Clay Thompson, are going to be without Steph Curry in the foreseeable future. A terrible start for the Golden State Warriors. Here's Steve Kerr talking about Curry's injury after the game a couple nights ago you know I literally just found out five minutes ago so it's uh, we'll meet tomorrow as a staff we'll watch watch film with the team and and we'll be able to discuss all that stuff but um, you know we've obviously it's been a been a tough uh, start for us on many levels so we're just trying to find our footing Um, and uh, obviously this puts us in a in a tough spot so we'll uh, we'll assess it and we'll go from there 
And I think it's important to note that at the time that Curry sustained the injury, the Warriors were trailing 83-54. to They were down 29 points at home against the Phoenix Suns. They were getting their teeth kicked in, and that's why Steph Curry, he was having to carry this team. He was going to the hole because he's not surrounded by these shooters like he once was. There's no Klay Thompson. There's no Kevin Durant. And you saw what happened. This injury was inevitable. If you listened to the show last week, I predicted all this stuff. I said that they had to manage his minutes. It was going to happen, and it did. And it really is a good thing for this Warriors team because, hey, one, it wasn't a knee injury, wasn't a severe ankle injury. It was his left hand. His right hand happens to be the best shooting hand that's ever played the game of basketball, and that's totally fine. So this gives the Warriors a chance to hit that reset button and find out what are we going to do with guys like D'Angelo Russell. Remember, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been hot on Russell for quite some time. They could trade him and they could really put themselves in a position to get a high lottery pick. And to me, that needs to be the focus. I know Joe Lacob hates to use that T word. He hates to tank. But if you're the Golden State Warriors, how else are you going to improve that roster? Because you're completely capped out. You have no money anywhere. Everything's been maxed out on Draymond Green, on Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. I think you need to have your eyes set on this draft. Look what the Lakers were able to do with that number four pick last year because there's only so many ways to improve your roster and to me the focus has to be on the upcoming NBA draft. If you're the Golden State Warriors, yes, you might not get the number one pick or the number two pick, but those top five picks, you got guys, look, I don't think you're going to get a guy like James Weissman, the projected number one pick out of Memphis, or Anthony Edwards, or Cole Anthony, but someone who may be available could be LaMelo Ball. Remember that name, LaMelo Ball and the Golden State Warriors. Can you imagine if you put LaMelo Ball and he continues that Splash Brothers tradition, it could be the triplets of Splash Brothers. You lose KD. I'm telling you, that is a name that would rejuvenate the Golden State Warriors. LaMelo Ball, he has been tearing it up in Australia. And if you do get that pick, you can always trade it for a win-now piece. But it's a very interesting thing to consider if you're the Golden State Warriors. So, hey, if you're the Warriors, this allows you to shamelessly rebuild in a year where all your players have been completely capped out financially, physically, allow your team to get the much-needed rest it deserves. Now the question, if you're the Golden State Warriors, is what do you do with Draymond Green? I think with Draymond Green, you do with him what the Pelicans did with Anthony Davis last year. You can call it load management. You can have some phantom injuries. I don't know what it is, but if you're going to try to squeeze one more championship out of this core, you can't have Draymond Green and running him into the ground this year with a bunch of G League type players. So the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry is out. Last night, though, he had a little fun. He went out as Buzz Lightyear for Halloween. Well, him being out, having the best shooter in the world, not playing is a buzz kill for all of us NBA fans, but get better, Steph Curry, and the Warriors, you have a real chance to get better next year. And next, we're going to talk about the scuffle between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. Ring the bell, break out the octagon. It was going down in Philly, the home of brotherly love, the home of Rocky Balboa. Well, in the words of the great Michael Buffer, Let's get ready to rumble! 
And it all went down in the middle of the third quarter. Check this out. Play the clip. And B going at it with Carl Anthony Towns. And the bench is empty. My goodness. Now, I loved it all, but I don't know what I like more. The fight itself, which was a cat fight, literally. I mean, you had Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, by Charles Oakley's standards, they were basically hugging and kissing. But in an era where everyone wants to play together, where everyone wants to have friends and link up and go to clubs together, you had guys that were really mad at each other, and I loved it. I also loved the fact that Ben Simmons thought he was John Cena choking out Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, and I also loved Carl Anthony Towns' mama. Don't mess with Mama Towns because she was trying to give it to Joel Embiid from the stands. But how about JoJo? Joel Embiid, who said that he had fought with Lions before, he was acting like he had just won the heavyweight title of the world. Both players were suspended for two games. But what I loved most was the social media war after the fight. Joel Embiid has absolutely no chill. He says on his Twitter, quote, Great team win. I was raised around Lions, and a cat pulled on me tonight. LMAO at Jimmy Butler. I miss being a part of the third stringers. I got his mom giving middle fingers. That's some serious real estate. Hashtag fight night. Hashtag I ain't no B. And then Carl Anthony Towns with the clap back. He comes back with LOL. I ain't no B. Raised around Lions. Hashtag B and all these clown emojis, and then Joel Embiid, this guy has no chill. He goes, imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it, LMAO. Go ahead using that pick of me caring about losing in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, wait, you've never been there. You don't know what it's like. No, boy, finally won three games and he's talking. I know you ain't talking. You've been a bitch your whole life. That's why you were treated like a bitch. You know who. I ain't going to put your business out, but I got facts about you. Don't get it twisted. I own you. Somewhere, we needed Kawhi Leonard to break this up. I'm telling you, bringing Kawhi Leonard in the mix like, hey, but this is reason number one billion five seventy eight trillion why the NBA is the best league in the world right now because they own social media and also they're starting to have these player rivalries. I want to see Trey Young versus Luka Doncic. I want to see Giannis have bad blood with Anthony Davis. I want to see LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard. It makes everything better. Competition brings the best out in people. And Carl Anthony Towns is getting the best of Joel Embiid right now because he's having a better year. Right now, Carl Anthony Towns, he's a different cat. 27 a game. He's third in the league in PER, 11 and a half rebounds, four assists. And Joel Embiid, he's averaging 23, 10, and 3, and he's sixth in the league in PER at 33. So both phenomenal players. Now, unfortunately, they don't play in the same conference, so they won't play again until March 24th, but I want to see these two go at it at anything. I don't care if it's Fortnite. I don't care if you put them in those big sumo wrestling costumes, arm wrestle, throw them in the octagon. These two need to go at it. The world needs it. The NBA needs it, and this has been a great start to the season for both players. 
But before we wrap today's show, I want to give you my upset pick of the weekend. I'm taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to upset the New England Patriots and give them their first loss of the year on Sunday Night Football. That Patriots defense is phenomenal, but if they're vulnerable, it's stopping the run. The Ravens, best run team in the NFL. I got the Ravens on Sunday night. But that is going to do it for episode 62 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and watch all the clips from today's episode right over on YouTube. And give me all of your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comments section. But hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And I'm out.